welcome. I'm Lauren McMeekin, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And I am Kelly Frankie, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. And together we are purely OCD. Yes, we are. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one subtype at a time. We try to bring a little humor, have a little fun, because let's be honest, laughter can really help us through some tough times. It really can. And uh, this week we'll be laughing our way through emotional harm OCD. We will cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also Q&A at the end, and we would love to have you join us in the future. We meet every Monday at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram Live. We do, and we hope you can join. And uh, please keep in mind, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. It's for educational purposes only. Correct. Educational purposes and hopefully entertainment purposes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so without further ado, here is emotional harm. We're really salt and pepper today. We really are. I, like I'm wearing white, you're wearing black. Yes, ma'am. That's real. I dig it. Yin and yang. Yeah. Um, I was actually, speaking of yin and yang, brief detour watching the on-demand of Shala Nicely and Kimberly Quinlan talk yes. to somebody else whose name I don't remember. Oh, that's bad. Yes. How Ooh. great is his guitar, his like equipment in the back? Oh my gosh, he's like jamming. Um, he's totally jamming. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, welcome from India. So anyway, in the, the um, self-compassion talk, they talked about the yin and yang of self-compassion, which I thought was a really cool way of putting it, that there's this sort of like fierce self-compassion versus this this sort of more gentle, Kimberly talks about like holding a baby chicken, kind of, you know, gentle, tender self-compassion and that both are really needed for, for treatment. So. Yes. I actually thought that was really, you didn't see the Q and A on that, but they talked a lot about that. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Any, any highlights that would be helpful to share? Well, I think a lot of people were also, you know, really into that like this idea well it was kind of novel to a lot of people like that you could Mm. be bring it on and you could also be you're scared right like both are welcome yeah so it was kind of cool Cool yeah that That is way cool I talk about it like I I think it's more of the it's not even quite that that quality but like compassionate self-discipline kind of falls into the like the yang like the energetic sort of like we're gonna hold ourselves to this and be kind and compassionate at the same time but um but it was really cool the way they talked about it so yeah and you like alec pollard he's funny right oh my gosh he's uh, he, he and his wife did the cutest uh presentation on, i didn't see that one yeah it was on on people who families of treatment resistant or not treatment resistant treatment refusers so that people that's a good one it was a really good one and they were just really adorable together they were like they did like a lot of role play like well alec like it was just really adorable it was really sweet so no but really important thing to talk about because you know in terms of family accommodation there has to be ways of working on that even when somebody's not willing to do treatment 
Yeah, and it's always very sad when we get calls, which I, when I used to take calls, which now I'm a therapist, so yeah. I pretend to be a therapist. <laughs> Kidding. Um, <laughs> we, we used to get a lot of calls from people with like, you know, adult children with OCD who were treatment refusal, and it was heartbreaking. It's like, what, I can't force them, like they have to be willing, you yeah. know, it's sad. Yeah. It is really sad, but, but we digress. Here we are to talk more mm-hmm. about harm OCD today. So bring on any of those questions that we didn't get to last time. Happy to answer those. Do we want to talk at all about self-harm OCD? Yeah, I was going to say self-harm. Did you see my post today? Which, well, I saw some of them, but I don't. Oh, so, go ahead. It was on the it kind of spoke to that over responsibility, like the over moral harm. Yeah. And this is what Grayson's talk was on. And it was interesting how he kind of phrased it as more of like the self-worth stuff. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And what, in what sense? Well, so I think he broke it down into three sections, which is the fear of accidentally harming someone physically, the fear of accidentally harming somebody psychologically, and then the fear of accidentally harming somebody verbally. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, like a lot of that is wrapped up in I'm a bad person, right? Like the yeah. core of it. It's not just exposure work, but he was saying it's more of we're going to teach you that you're not wearing crap covered glasses. Like we're going to change you. You're worthy of love and you're not a bad person. And it is interesting because I think people go in with this perception with treatment is like, it's exposure, it's exposure and response, exposure and response. The reality is, is we're doing real therapy in there too, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to remind myself that too. Yeah, well, it's interesting because sometimes I'll have clients who apologize for bringing other topics into session and mm-hmm. my response is you know you're a whole human being you're not OCD so of course things are right. going to come up that are not necessarily directly related to ERP but it's irrelevant so, but to your point like maybe we focus today on the emotional harm and the the verbal harm because I feel like last time we really focus more on the physical harm and then maybe we do stabbing right popping heads Mm -hmm. off exactly Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe we focus on that we can answer questions pertaining to either and then we do a separate thing on self-harm OCD what do you think yeah I think self-harm is worthy of its own I agree yeah yeah um okay Good. And I might, we might have to make this one short because yes. turns out, turns out I was supposed to, <laughs> <laughs> As story it turns out. of my life, turns out I was supposed to drive to Northern California to be with my family for various reasons. And my daughter woke up today with a fever and runny nose and wasn't sick. And my anxiety was like, Hey, yo, <laughs> Hello. Good morning, well, Kelly. Hello. Are you ready to kill your family today that you haven't seen in eight, nine months? Were you interested in that? Would that be, yeah. Right. Is that, is that 
do anything for you? Well, which is hard because COVID, you know, it's not that I'm saying that people should absolutely withdraw from all people, but at the same token, you have no. to weigh the, the options and, and make decisions. I totally get it. So. Right. I mean, I'm, my grandma's 88. My, my dad is, he has breathing issues um, big time. So it's a lot to consider, but now she's watching TV and she's having soup and I feel harm that I'm doing is emotionally abandoning her. Oh, a good transition. You like that? That was really good. Segue. Like, like (laughs) the, the scooter thing, but not. (laughs) Wait, what's the scooter thing? Segways. Oh, Segway. Oh my gosh, Kelly. (laughs) Okay. Oh man. By the way, there's this cool little question thing at the bottom. Are you seeing that? There's like a, oh, wow. What is okay. it? Wow. I'm, I feel what? like such an old person. So, okay. So if you look oh. at the lower right of your screen, there's okay. like a, a question mark. I don't have that. That must be what? on the master side. I guess. So if I click on that, then I get some questions from the people. So it's, it's cool because we should ask people to use this. So that because it's easier to access instead of like scrolling through um, while people wait for us to find. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. We're a little bit special. Anywho. Is there any way we can make this look like um, <laughs> so I'm not so old? <laughs> is there a filter for that? Oh my God. There are actually lots of filters for that. I, I, I think. Know. Oh, oh my, my there. That's right. Okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm having too much fun. Let's go back to the. To, yeah, <laughs> um, the point, Walter. The is, point. Uh, so emotional harm. Yeah, emotional harm. Fear and of I was doing just... harm emotionally with and with little G. Yeah, should I disclose a little bit? Sure, I, I think that that's reasonable, and I'll I'll do a little self disclosure too because I oh, think good. that it. Well, we'll have a little self disclosure party. It'll be fun. And it leads into another exposure is I'm harming my clients That's because where I I'm go. disclosing too much or yeah. I'm, I'm harming everyone who's watching this, which right. that came up for both of us, I think, last, last uh, time when yep. we, we said the, the fear of, oh, gosh, what if we're, we're triggering everybody, which not that that's a bad thing because triggers are, we're reframing, no. they're a good thing. And simultaneously... It can be a little unnerving to think, oh no, you know, I'm, I'm presenting a trigger. Yeah. I'm hurting somebody. Yes. Yeah. And also like, oh, I'm giving advi- advice. I'm not, we're not giving advice. Which but, good segue. Yeah. Of, we're not giving advice on here and we're not providing therapy. That's a good one. Forgot about that at the beginning. And this could be triggering because it's harm content. It will be triggering for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one of my main obsessions after having a child was psychological harm to her. And you have to remember, I had graduate school burned into my (laughs) child development and attachment, attachment, right? Attachment just through the, yeah, Yeah, and yeah. I was just going to say that it's got to be so much harder. I, you know, I've, I've got two stepkids, but 
you know, not having my own, that, that it's, it's gotta be so much harder having all of that knowledge. I know in my circumstance it is, but they're not even biologically mine. And then it sort of gets probably kicked up a notch. You're like starting with this brand new human who's tiny and yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, I got it pregnant. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, you can hear me getting sick and throwing up and crying. Mm. So it was like emotional harm through that way. And then, oh my gosh, I'm really anxious. And um, she's getting cortisol hormones put into her. Like it was just constant, constant that. But then, I mean, along with the fun, because why not harm thoughts that are really (laughs) the head popping. The stuff that really sucked was this stuff was, am I, does she feel safe with me? Am I responding appropriately to her? Um, emotional responses like if she cries and they teach you too much in graduate school too much yeah you have all of that stuff in your brain yeah like the mirror neurons and you know like mirroring their emotion like uh, sometimes I'd be like laughing and she's crying and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) I'm laughing now but it was terrifying it's it's horrifying and I I think that it I think it's got to be the strongest when it comes to your, your little person. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that it happens, it can happen in so many different relationships. And I see it come up a lot in the realm of text too. And that's, that's something that I find myself is, oh gosh, you know, what if I've totally offended someone by texting them something that was sort of playful? Yeah. Yep. We offend each other all, all the, the time. time. Are you okay? Well, did, did I it... hope I didn't come off too. <laughs> <laughs> and it is like hyper self-awareness. Absolutely. Exactly. And we try to do a pretty good job of not asking for reassurance from each other constantly. <laughs> <laughs> we try. But honestly, because we both share it, yeah. I notice like I just give oodles. I'm like, no matter what, like I'll do like all caps, like there's nothing you could have done that could ever affect <laughs> Maybe that's why we're stuck in this cycle. Well, we should ask our maybe. therapist. We should, we should consult. But I think the thing is that so much of it too can be in the rumination. There's a, a certain amount of reassurance seeking and friendship in any relationship that's normal. Not that I want to advocate for it too much because it can easily become compulsive, but I think that it's, it's really normal to ask for a certain amount. And then the, the compulsion that I see being most problematic here is all of the rumination, all of the mental compulsions, the analysis. Well, what does it mean? Well, they texted me this. What, like, how do I interpret that? Are they angry at me? Are they upset with me? Did I hurt them? All of these things. And it, it again, they're talking about like those sort of concentric circles that we were talking about last time. This is where it starts to um, yeah. get in on sort of social anxiety as well. I know. <laughs> they're all just like one big Venn diagram of bubbles anyway. Um, so common emotions so- <laughs> include what have I hurt their feelings? What have I said something that was like, I, I didn't show up for them emotionally or any, all of that. Um, what else did I, what did I say I, something wrong? I'm just reading off of the comments. Yeah. Right. And then the core fear, right. The feared consequence is that 
Sorry. I'm... Oh, I think we lost you. Uh, I'm being rudely interrupted by someone else who wants to talk to me. How dare them? Get away. <laughs> I hope See, we I hurt them. Harming them because I don't care about that <laughs> random person. I only care about my followers, your followers, <laughs> the good people. Your child. Yeah. Um, but wait, what was I just? We were talking about you were reading through and and saying something wrong, like saying something wrong or. Um... Oh, the feared consequence. The feared consequence mm -hmm. is then, because I think it's important to realize this isn't because you're talking about social anxiety and social mm -hmm. anxiety. It's more of, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it does end in embarrassment and people with social anxiety it's like death equivalent to death right like they'd rather die than be embarrassed or what they perceive might be embarrassing with this stuff I feel like it's more of now I've insulted Lauren through a text message and that means she's psychologically harmed by me yeah so like she is fucked up now because of me and that's such a grandiose thought of OCD oh <laughs> Sorry. But that, that's, that's just so typical of OCD, right? Totally it's like, like you have this special ability and this person's so fragile and so weak that so they, it's gonna... such an insult. Yeah, like yeah. I have that much ability to just snap your psyche like that, Warren. You do. Come on, anxiety. Snap. Snap Get my clip. psyche. I like that. I know. Well, anxiety and OCD, it, it, back to the hyper-responsibility thing and, and what Grayson was saying, it's like, I haven't watched that one yet, but just, it is sort of, it's a little almost not in a, in a personality disorder way, but like almost narcissistic, right? Like well, that's all of Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. Somebody uh, in the comments says, isn't that considered low self-esteem? Low self-esteem isn't a diagnosis, but I think the fear of being ill perceived or judged that's sort of the hallmark of social anxiety it, that's where it different it's a little bit different from I'm going to hurt that person and they're they're going to be damaged for the rest of my life and it's all going to be my fault uh, so the the core fear is a little bit different on on either end although I know plenty of people that have both so it's not an either or question and they can right. feed into each other for sure I mean, I certainly have both, but um, yeah, yeah. definitely the OCD starts to tip when it's, I did something bad to this person. Yeah, exactly. And yes, we will save the live. We've been saving them all to the Instagram TV part, I think, of both of our pages. So yeah. um, if you want to watch them later and they're... And we didn't have, we don't have the existential one that we did, but we have the general one and we have the first harm one, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to check out any of those. So compulsions can definitely involve avoidance, right? Although in some cases you can't avoid, like when it comes to, if you, you had it with your child, it's not like you can... Right. No, and it, it's like in a split second, I can have a million thoughts right before, like even walking down the stairs, I can notice I haven't gotten to her yet, but I'm 
I'm anticipating what her cues will be towards me. And I'm walking through what are all the responses I could say to her that's appropriate. Mm. And how am I going to check to make sure? Like I can tell that's going to be the pull. Yeah. But I'm going to go pew, pew. <laughs> I hope. Not today, OCD. <laughs> Not today. I really do You've like this You already killed move. my family earlier, so I'm not going to let you ruin my child. You're such a jerk, man. It's the yeah. worst. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, avoidance is hard with kids. Right. That's like, right. that's a blessing. And also, it's a blessing because you get better quicker in a lot of ways. Because your triggers are right there, man. You, they're yeah, not going true. anywhere. Yeah. It's all about dropping the the ritual or the response, which can be hard, but I think that that's the, the primary compulsion ultimately. Maybe reassurance seeking too. Yeah. But. Baby, are you okay? Did mommy yeah. say something? Yeah. Oh. Or with you, yeah. I'm like, is it so? <laughs> did I, did I hurt you? What, did I, <laughs> uh, did, did I say something? Did I offend you? Oh no, oh no. Right. Yeah, yeah, Right. absolutely. And And then this is where it becomes even more frustrating, I imagine is, oh no, maybe I shouldn't have asked her, right? Mm. I like, I know I do this sometimes where it's like, oh no, now I asked her and now it's weird and I didn't want to make it weird before. <laughs> anyway. No, that's that's 100% it. It's like, yeah. great, now I just made it weird. And I hope you don't feel like that with me, but I'm not going to give you reassurance because you definitely do that. And you make it weird all the time. I, and we're modeling healthy behavior right now. We're making it weird all the time with each other and we're probably never going to talk to each other again. It's going to be great. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Right. I don't. I felt it. Yeah. Did you? That's so good. The floor dropped. (laughs) Right out. Yeah. It's gone. Oh, welcome from Hong Kong. That's so cool that you're joining us. I love that people are are in from all over the world. OCD always says it's the end of the world. That guy Mm -hmm. is the worst. Um, that guy's the worst. I hate him. He's a jerk. Um, should we address some of these questions that yes, are coming let's up do it. that I've got? Okay. So, oh, thank you. Somebody just said you guys are so helpful. Um, Good. That's the goal. We don't want to you. We don't. Although fact, we are taking people. that risk. We are. That's that's absolutely right. In the service of our values, because this mm-hmm. is what we want to be doing and what you care about. Um, so. If you are exposing yourself to a violent movie and you notice that your anxiety is kicking in and now you think you might repeat these acts of violence, hold on. Oh, it goes on, but it just, oh, do you see it? Yeah. Did you just swing it over to me? Am I allowed to show it? I don't, sorry. I'm, I'm apologizing if I'm, I don't know how this works, but I don't know how to, it, it cut off. It did cut off. So, so that's I, what we can't talk to specific questions like about your situation. What I can say is generally, if I'm working with somebody, I think this is appropriate, right? You tell me when I'm, when I'm working with somebody with harm OCD mm-hmm. and we're doing exposure to violent films and movies or montages on YouTube, God love YouTube, right? I mean... Yeah. It's exposure work must have been so much. Of, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's like just all the hardest stuff. parts. It's very weird. 
so when we're watching that, it's intended to bring up the anxiety and it's intended to bring up thoughts of like intrusive thoughts of violence. And almost all of the clients that I've ever worked with with this will then have the thought, what if I now act on those thoughts? That that's generally their, their main fear is that they're going to harm somebody else, right? Can you swipe the question? Because they said they can see it in the person. Like, can you pull up? Okay. Oh, no. Okay. See, we just harmed that person. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, it doesn't feel good at all. No, it doesn't. It feels terrible. But let's assume that that would have been a public question and that we can make amends if they, instead of jumping to worst case scenario. I want to publicly apologize. I don't know how the, the... technology of this works quite yet we're still on a learning curve um not my intention to sort of like publicly share that in any case yeah the what were we what were we so you're saying for an exposure i blanked out because i was so anxious (laughs) (laughs) repeat so when you're working with a harm client if i'm working with a harm client and we're doing an exposure, then the the whole point of that is to bring on these thoughts, to bring on the anxiety. And uh, with everyone I've ever worked with, with harm OCD, the fear is that you have that thought, you're going to act on that thought. And Mm -hmm. so when you are, when anyone is doing an exposure like that, the idea is to sort of open to the anxiety, to open to the uncertainty. Well, maybe that does mean that I'm going to act on it. But if if we've already decided, which by the time we get to exposures, usually we've already established, okay, there's nothing, there's no serious evidence to back up this claim that I have, that I'm a danger to others, that we, that at that point, we've already decided that it, it doesn't make sense to take these thoughts seriously. We have to go with that, right? It doesn't mean that the anxiety is going to go away, but we have to act as to be right sorry yeah no that's it just to be willing to take that risk right because um willing to take the risk bring on the risk feeling and say okay because ultimately if we're going by inhibitory learning we're not trying to necessarily habituate to the feeling but learn that perhaps this feeling that you're experiencing these thoughts associated with this feeling, maybe it's not going to end up the way you thought it was going to end up. So it's an experiment. And exactly. relearning that feared response over and over under many circumstances. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I saw something else. It's so common in USA, UK, Europe, America, these kind of foreign countries. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if you mean OCD as a whole or OCD about this, but I'd say that in my experience, I only have experience working with the populations that I work with, but I, I see it quite frequently. You? Yeah, all over. I mean, I don't know in countries where maybe they're not tracking stuff like this or there's not, you know. Yeah we're very lucky in that we yeah. have access to care here and yeah. these first world countries, but that's not necessarily this, the same everywhere else. Yeah. 
And in fact, we do get a lot of international clients because of that reason. There's no treatment providers. That doesn't mean OCD doesn't exist there. No. In fact, it's pretty, what's interesting to me is it's pretty stable it's gender split, right? Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not like more of any gender is, you know, tends toward OCD. Um, and it's pretty stable. I'm under, my understanding is two to 3% of the population over the countries where it is sort of well studied. So, um, right. yeah, I'm just, I did, questions. yeah, I noticed the one about imaginal exposure script around this. Do you want to yeah. I mean, imaginal is very common for these types of obsessions um, because we can't actually get someone to do the fear. Whereas like someone with um, a phobia, we can, you know, that's not OCD, but we can put the dog on their lap, you yeah. know, or we can put the spider in their hand and then, or with social anxiety, right? It's like, we can't really, we, we don't want you stabbing people or do that's that. oh, oh wow that was like a human right she's so cute man um, so yeah so imaginals um well and i think one thing i want to say about that is that we do within the realm of emotional oh my gosh can can mod be our emotional support animal All she is thank you oh my god <laughs> <laughs> She looks like Yoda a bit right now. She does. Oh, Maud. I love that cat. Um, No, I love that. That was a great interlude. Um, So in terms of the emotional, like the emotional harm exposures, a lot of the fear of emotional harm are things that we can all rationally look at and go, okay, well, that's unlikely to be harmful. It might be. But we got to, like, it makes sense to take that risk. So there are in vivo exposures, like, say I'm worried about offending Kelly by sending a text message that's like um hey when do you want to do Instagram live and I'm like oh my gosh I'm putting too much pressure on her or something right like that's an exposure and that's an in vivo exposure and the response prevention would be not seeking reassurance from her and not um ruminating endlessly about whether or not I've offended her or one of those things like something like that but Mm -hmm. the the imaginal can be really helpful there too and right what does that sound like prepare it's like the right. first step before that right and what they're showing with inhibitory learning theory is that in, including both exposures simultaneously is better than either alone so that may take some working up to but texting kelly the thing about like uh when are we going to do this instagram live and then at the same time having the thought you're probably pressuring her and, you know, offending her and hurting her, right? Like doing those both at the same time is going to have a greater impact than either alone. Um, And then setting alarms for the rest of the day that say, (laughs) don't forget, ruined it. (laughs) Just don't forget. Psyche's going to snap because she's under so much pressure and it was me that broke the camel's back. I did it. Um, I'm just kidding. You don't really have to do that as an exposure, but I'm not, but that's about imaginal. Well, obviously you think that I broke your back all the time. Um, They know that in like 25 minutes, we'll be texting later. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think they so, know. So just so you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. I we aren't. We aren't. Um, For, yeah, in we do practice. And we genuinely, we do practice what we preach. And yeah. so the, like an imaginal though around that would be just some, any emotional um, harm stuff would just be the worst case scenario, right? Fleshing out in long form, not long, long form, but like a paragraph of, I make the choice to text Kelly and I say, when do you want to do the Instagram live? And she expresses to me after the fact that she's horribly hurt that I would put so much pressure on on her and that she never want to talk wants to talk to me again and that she'll never get over this right and mm-hmm. and granted that one's a little bit like it's a little bit too extreme so I probably would be a little bit more realistic about it like she'll she'll be hurt and she'll never quite trust me she'll be uh, annoyed she won't like find me the same yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think if we go that extreme, the first example that I gave, nobody's gonna, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't see, buy into that. Right, right. So mine with with my daughter is like, the atta- it gets really into, is it a secure attachment? Is it an insecure, anxious attachment? Um, is it a disorganized attachment? And so immediately I'm like, well, of course it's an anxious attachment. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then it goes even further into, well, that means for the rest of her life, she's not going to know how to securely attach to a healthy other person, individual, and she's going to have to go to years and years of therapy. I mean, that literally is my fear. It seems extreme. I mean, part of it's kind of true because you can't have a kid and expect for them not to be damaged in some damaged in some right. way. It's actually good. It's build resilient building resiliency but um mine goes oh no you're definitely gonna do you're, that you're definitely doing that it's hard too because you can slower power mode sorry low power um at at some point you know you can recognize rationally like well it's not so bad if she goes to therapy Therapy's a great thing everyone should be in therapy but it doesn't matter the fear is there the and the sense that this is some sort of impending doom uh, doesn't change as a result of of the rationality so right someone just asked um what does it mean when someone says attachment sorry let me clarify because i'm using psychological jargon and it means nothing to you guys and i'm sorry (laughs) um but attachment is this theory that when you are born and you have an attachment to a secure figure, it doesn't need to be your mom or your dad. It can be whatever caregiver. It can be more than one person. Um, that you feel safe. Is that the best way to explain it, Lauren? Like, yeah. The most basic principle is that person feels safe and you're setting them up to trust people on a healthy level, to um, not become too clingy to strangers, to right. not be like, ambivalent about do is this person going to yell at me like what do I do I go forward or do I so a secure attachment is like a health think of like a healthy attachment to your primary caregiver yeah yeah and if you think about it like in terms of the initial sort of studies they did around it it was they would film these children and they they sort of classified these different attachment styles right and the securely attached child 
would venture off on their own, but would look back to the parent to, to check in with them. But they also felt a sense of confidence in going out on their own and doing their own thing. And they were looking back, whereas like um, avoidant would sort of isolate and not connect and right. Like avoidant yeah, it's attachment. The, and yeah. There are a bunch of different but kinds. There's and I'm a not bunch. an attachment therapist, but. And some of them are mixed. Like there's, um, there's synonym. And ambivalent. Or, yeah. There's the disorganized, which is, I think similar as those, right. Or is that separate? It doesn't matter. I likely do have some form of an anxious attachment to my daughter because I'm anxious. But at the end of the day, I'm able to repair with her. And if she, if I do end up making her insane like me, just kidding. That's <laughs> no, um, really anxious is what I mean. I don't think that's insane because I live it every day, but yeah. um, we'll be able to get through it together. And right. I'm the best person to help her through that. And yeah. it's an opportunity to have corrective experience because yeah. that's how we can grow and change. I feel like we're going into attachment therapy. So let's, we are. So let's, let's back toodle. up. Let's get back on the track. Yeah. Way um, too far, Toodle. <laughs> oh my gosh, Maude. Okay. So we have a couple of uh, questions. Have you considered making a live dedicated sexual, sexuality, and truth of thoughts? We have, and I'm, I imagine it'll come down at some point. Um, someone asked if we could check their questions. Let That's, me that, that was the, the question that I just oh, checked. Oh, my yep. God. Sorry. So yeah. About, no, the, and there's one other one in there, but I just wanted to address. I'm plugging in, by the way, so that we don't lose Okay. Power. Well, we probably have to wrap it up, too. Yeah. So hear her. Um, yeah. But, yeah. 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 So we'll, we absolutely will. That's, that's also a good one. For sure. Probably. Do, you, do we have time for one more question or you got to go? Sure. Okay. sure. Let's do it. Um, is feeling guilty from harm OCD similar to feeling anxiety from not doing a compulsion? Wait, say that again. Is feeling guilt from harm OCD similar to feeling anxiety from not doing a compulsion? I think I understand the question. Do you? So, uh, so uh, my, the way I'm reading it and the person they who asked the question for having harm thoughts naturally, because right. brain won't let you off on anything. No, naturally. And then on the other side of things, anxiety from not doing a compulsion. I, if the question is, do we handle those things similarly? I think the, the answer is yes. So if you're mm -hmm. feeling a sense of guilt that, oh my gosh, it makes me a bad person. Yes, of course we can acknowledge having a harm thought does not make you a bad person. However, just like anything else, that can become compulsively reassuring and you don't want to keep going over that over and over and over again. Um, and then, oh no, I lost my train. The doodle went. The train left the station. Just went. Because I, I can hear happened. how I'm emotionally damaging her in the other room. Uh -huh. Anywho. Do you want to, do you want to go or are you? Well, let's try to um, wrap it up. Yeah. So, right. Yes. Exactly. So, Observe the guilt with exposure and response prevention. Too. When we're doing exposures, SUD stands for subjective units of distress, subjective units of distress. It's not anxiety. Yeah. Right? When you're doing your exposures, you're, you're actually exposing yourself to whatever feelings there. Guilt comes up a lot. That's like Bonnie and Clyde. 
Oh my gosh, they are. They're like yeah, they're, they're like soulmates. Anxiety and guilt. I really could are. go without guilt. That maybe we should do a whole different thing on guilt. Yeah, but I'm sorry because I don't yeah. remember if I said the question. The question again. What was the question? no? So the the idea is that um, the work is in observing the the guilt, just like you would observe the anxiety during an exposure. And I think that that is right mm-hmm. on the money. Is that when. <laughs> it's all good and we are probably going to wrap it up here soon sean but thanks for joining yeah. um but yeah i think ultimately the the goal is to accept any feeling just any any distress that comes your way that's that's not based in the facts and just accept its presence and continue on about your merry life ultimately Right. We're not there to prove whether it's right or not. It's just not helpful to us. We're going to sit with it. It'll eventually go down as long as we're not giving guilt meaning. And And not, and I think it's important not to get caught in that sort of argument with yourself about whether or not you're a good person because mm -hmm. there's no winning there. Cause you're both. Yeah. Cause you're both. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That is OCD wants to make it like you're either or, but. You're welcome very much. Um, should we give Sean a quick plug right now? Oh my gosh, we really should because I bought my mug. I'm so excited. I have Um, to get my t-shirt. It's so cool. So I'm going to get both. Yeah. Are you going to, I like the tote bag too. I feel like there's so, there's so many good things. So many options. I know. So go. No, you go. Okay. So, um, Sean Shinnick, um, who is has uh yay uh there draw your, there's the man is it called draw your monster draw your monster mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. he's an amazing artist and he draws monsters and he has a, a show like a instagram tv series i think that is draw your monster. the monster sessions the monster sessions and, and you don't have to be an artist everybody to appreciate it it's amazing work it's he's really a mental is. health advocate and he's fantastic at telling stories and drawing and i highly recommend watching him i was lucky enough to be on one of those sessions it was really cool i wa- i've watched a couple of them too they're awesome and so they've got this amazing he drew this amazing illustration in support of um, Riley's wish, which, um, I, gosh, I need to learn more about Riley, but my understanding is that Riley, um, was someone in recovery from OCD mm-hmm. who, uh, very sadly, who was advocating and who died of an overdose. Yeah. Um, so his mom is really involved in spreading awareness about the co-occurring OCD and substance use disorder, which there's a huge overlap, 25%. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the point Walter is that (laughs) Sean made this amazing illustration, uh, as usual, uh, to support Riley's wish and the, and all of the proceeds, uh, of, from the sales are going to support, that amazing foundation that um, spreads awareness about the co-occurring OCD and substance use disorder. And, and it's in, uh, he did it in conjunction with um, the OCD stories with Stuart Ralph. So. Market zero smoky. Um, Right. With Stuart Ralph, who is the host of the OCD stories. 
great podcast if you guys ever get a chance likely already have seen it but on that note yes we've got to sign out yes yeah and we'll um we i think we'll be here next week probably so we'll keep you posted about topics and mod and mod says goodbye (laughs) (laughs) goodbye mod (laughs) goodbye kelly all right Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.